Uh, oh, look at we're we're reversed. I'm usually on the left side of the screen, and you're on. Oh, there it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I started out. I fell out of place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to get my lighting a little better in here. There, there you are. There I am. Yeah, you're bl blending into the wall. Yes. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. You 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 were on a road trip uh, this. I this still week. am. You, you, oh, you still are. Okay. You, you mentioned you, you went down to, what, did you go down to Houston? I went to Houston. I and, still am in Houston visiting my parents. Yeah, but what was interesting was you sent me a text and you were, what kind of transportation were you on going oh, down gosh. there? Vaughn Lane. What is Vaughn Lane? V-O-N-L-A-N-E, Vaughn Lane. It's a bus, a luxury bus liner that uh, travels between Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, maybe Oklahoma, and maybe Florida, a couple places in Florida. But oh. it's been around for years now. My parents started taking it years ago, and it's just uh, like about a 25-seat passenger bus, big reclining, comfortable chairs, an attendant who provide snacks throughout your trip. And depending on the time of day you're traveling, you'll be served either lunch or dinner. And it's so comfortable and so nice. And you don't have to worry about driving and navigating the road yourself. Right. Or you don't have to worry about going to the airport and parking and getting in and out of the airport and on and off your plane and delays. And so it's a wonderful way to travel if you're just doing those short little jaunts here in Texas. I mean, I was amazed because, you know, you commented about I'm I'm just sitting here and I'm getting so much work done <laughs> because because you were catching up on all your your texting and emails and everything yeah. in the comfort of this this luxury bus. That's that's yeah. a, I, I, I'll have to look into that. I think well, that's you, a really great idea. And I, and I know you're not a big fan of flying, Stuart. Right. And so if again, they only they only go those short little, uh, you know, tr uh, routes. But if you, a lot of business people use Vaughn Lane. Um, they've got a workstation in the back of the bus where you can plug in your laptops and set up shop and get some work done while you're on the highway. And um, and really, it's just so kind of um, relaxing and nice in that you're not having to navigate the airport, get in and out, and wait for your plane and all that. So yeah, you you and you can get a lot of work done. I was getting a lot of work done. You know that. Usually when you and I text, you'll text me. It might be later in the evening when I get to it, you know, but I was, I was on, I was booking our next few shows. I was, you know, emailing and corresponding. And so, yeah, you can get a lot done. And you said there's, there's an attendant. So it's, not, it's like a, like an airplane on wheels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In fact, the man in front of me, I was texting my sister while I was on the bus because I was laughing, he had had two Bloody Marys by eleven fifteen in the morning. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, hey, hey, he he's following that adage: don't drink and drive. I, I, well, yeah, I guess so. He took full advantage of that. I don't know where he was, um, you know, headed and what circumstance was ahead of him on the highway, but he was having a couple drinks before he got yeah. there. But you kind of had the idea of, of what condition he was going to be like when he got there. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit worried at first, but he actually stopped then and had some lunch and some water, took a nap. He was actually fine. But when he got started, I was a little bit worried. But anyway, that's, yeah, so I'm here now heading back today, though. Had a nice visit. 
And yes, I recommend Vaughn Lane to anybody who's traveling those routes here in Texas. It's a comfortable, clean, uh, safe, very nice way to, you know, get yourself from, you know, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, all those major cities down here. Uh, I have to say, we do have a guest who just is texting me <laughs> that he is backstage. Just want you to know he did oh, he, make he, it to the show. Oh, he's backstage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just went up on the private chat. It says, hello. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to let you take it from here then. So, <laughs> and, and Mark, so if you see that, uh, that our guest is sitting back there backstage and all, the, as soon as he's finished with makeup. Uh, and all you can uh, let let him into the show. You, should, should we? We'll go ahead and tell everybody who's who's joining us today. I, I think we should go ahead. We, we, ha we have John Keating who is joining us. He is no stranger to this show. He is certainly no stranger to Vaughn's uh, neighborhood because they're they're neighbors. Uh, he is also a councilman on the on the the city council here in Frisco, Texas. He is a uh, veteran. Uh, he wears lots of hats. He's a, he's a, an all around great guy. And I'll say all the really nice things about him so that when he joins the show, I won't have to say any more about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He's very, he's a very involved, of course, being on the city council that goes without saying how involved he is in our community, but he cares a lot about our community. Uh, he wants what's best for our community um, you know, he's somebody you want on your team for sure. And <laughs> what, like, I, don't, I don't know where he is, but he's texting in. He just put, oh, <laughs> well, I'm yeah. not sure why he's not been in. We, we, I guess we're just going to talk about John the whole show. And he's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, if he's not here to defend himself, we can say whatever we want about we, him. We actually can. Um, <laughs> but no, I've known John. I've known John. Pretty much uh, the whole time I've lived in Frisco because we actually there he is. <laughs> hey John, oh, okay. right. no, no more niceties. Let's let's call it as we really see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go backstage here. You guys keep going. <laughs> we, we really don't need you, John. <laughs> well, we were just we were just singing your praises before we get you know to the nitty gritty of city talk. We, we, we were just singing your praises in that, you know, I happen to know you per, both personal, well, personally, not really professionally, but I do because, you know, you know where my vote goes, every, you know, every time there's a, a city council election. But personally, I can speak to your attributes and that you are very dedicated, you're committed, you are, you, you work tirelessly to do what, you, you know, you think is best, uh, believe is best for the, for the city and the community members, and you're extremely involved you attend everything that you need to attend. And I always get to see your face. I just saw you last week at the ribbon cutting or the groundbreaking for the new magnificent Frisco public library. Um, so, but you know, so <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We, yep. John got a, John, I'm sure John has many little trinkets from. I do. Yeah. I'll open it up there. That's some the events library. and open and ground it. Yeah. Now, spe yeah, speaking uh, of that, that groundbreaking on the, on the new library, John, that's, that's been a, uh, uh, something that's been on the city agenda for several years now that you've been you've been working on to get past and and to get it. So it must it must really feel good to finally get that shovel and put it in the ground. 
Yes. Yeah. Is that? Do we want to start with that? Start with the library. We might as well. Let's we go back to how awesome I am. <laughs> you know, we might as well start there. We're all over the place, but that is one of the biggest projects the city council has ever embraced. So why don't we start there? Yeah, library. Blah blah blah. More about John Keating. <laughs> oh, that was, no, that was really sweet. That was really nice of you guys. Um, yeah, no, the library project is fantastic. That's about a, a sixty-two million. Uh, voter approved bond initiative. And um, Stuart, to your point, yes, we just uh, voted to approve those those bonds a few weeks ago. Again, we want to be good um, stewards of your tax dollars. And we just uh, we have a lot of voter approved bonds on the books. Um, we sell them as we need to sell them uh, to enter the bond market. Um, so this is uh, actually one of our biggest um you know, projects since building City Hall. Uh, a lot of what we've done has been infrastructure, public safety, um, building fire stations. We've, we've opened three new fire stations while I've been on council, um, plus the training center. Uh, so we'll have, you know, fire station 10 coming up here pretty soon. Um, wow. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, response times are critical. Um, you know, we, we're, when seconds count, we're minutes away. So we'll, obviously we try to compress that time. But, um, you know, the library has been something that um, citizens have wanted for a long time. It's like, um, you know, public art and an art center. Um, that's something we have voter-proof bonds for. Um, Tammy Minor shagan has been a huge champion of that. Uh, Vaughn, of course, huge champion of the library, uh, one of our volunteers. And so, you know, we, we applaud um, everyone who's helped, uh, you know, pitch in. Our library staff is fantastic. We, you know, we went from the concept of um, doing four uh, smaller library branches around the city, <clears throat> sort of, you know, northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest, um, in, you know, four corners. And we decided not to do that. We, we started with a central library and it's been so successful and so popular with um, kids and homeschoolers and the, the different um, school districts that Frisco serves. Obviously, we're not just the Frisco ISD. We get a little bit of you know, uh, Little Elm and <clears throat> the Colony and uh, Plano spill over in. And so um, everyone takes advantage. Um, obviously, we have a large senior citizen population, or as I like to say, the seasoned citizen population, Frisco Lakes. They love their traditional library. We have that for them. Um, we also do, I mean, they do everything there from tax preparation to English as a second language, uh, computer learning and skills, um, help you with the passport. Uh, all that stuff. So, you know, look for all that and more um, times 10 mm -hmm. in, in, a, in an old uh, rocket factory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that in itself is kind of an interesting story because that old, that old uh, uh, factory, Beal. The Beal. Uh, I think Beal. which yeah. is, which is in a magnificent building that already houses a lot of, uh, the the uh, Discovery Center for the kids, uh, the Black Box Theater for for theater productions. You've got the uh, the uh, 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 game uh, gaming hall of, uh, hall of fame or so. Uh, I forgot the the correct name for it. Uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, there, there there's so much right there, and that building has been sitting there as kind of a dinosaur. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned $62 million to, for this project. But originally the concept was to spend almost twice as much 
to expand the current city hall, to expand the library at one end, to expand the city administrative arm at the other end, that would have cost everybody a lot more money. This building became available, and now all of a sudden the city hall can take over the old library space, and the library will have a custom-made state-of-the-art library for actually less money than what it originally was on the table. Yeah. Are, are you running for office, Stuart? <laughs> no, but I know, somebody on ideas, this, I know somebody on this show is. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, and thank you and for the, by the way, you're, you're running for re-election. Is this your last term? Oh, never say never again. No, so. no, but I, I'm, I'm saying you, what you you can you can only what run three terms, three consecutive terms. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. But what do they know? Right. right. Well, there's no yeah. there's no place to go after that ex- except to the mayor's office. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So, well, let me, so let me clean some of that up. So, um, um, yes, we do. You do uh, by charter run three three year terms. So, what happened? I'm a bit of an, an anomaly, if I may. Um, I ran in 2010 for place four, was reelected in 2013, but came off in 2016 to run for Scott Turner's um, state rep seat in HD 33. So. Um, Scott had decided he wasn't going to run again and uh, ran for that seat, came out of the primary a thousand votes ahead and then went to a runoff uh, with Justin Holland uh, from Rockwall and uh, lost by 99 votes. So every vote does count. And, um, uh, you know, big advocate, obviously, for getting folks out to uh, vote and make their voice heard. I'm very proud of the campaign that we ran. Uh, learned a lot about um Texas politics and uh, what's going, what goes on down in Austin, and remain uh, engaged as a good conservative voice for um, Frisco, and came back in 2017 uh, to run for one year unexpired term in place one. Uh, won that seat uh, that didn't count towards my term, and then had to run for a full three year term in 2018. So I ran three campaigns back to back state rep in 2016, um, city council in 2017, and city council again in 2018. And um, now I'm up uh, really for my second term uh, for place one. I could run one more time uh, by charter. Um, So it's all, (laughs) you got to stay in shape. You got to keep working. You got to stay, you know, in touch with the, with the voters and the community, uh, fastest growing city in America. Uh, Got to keep your um, education up. Got to keep the, the saw sharpened, as the saying goes, um, paid my own way to Harvard, went to the John F. Kennedy School for um, governance and attended the um, um, their uh, their school for state and local elected officials and was the um, only city councilman in my class uh, filled with police chiefs, fire chiefs, city managers, um, state reps, state senators, um, um, you know, men and women like that from around the country, indeed, uh, around the world. We had folks from Australia, Ireland. Iceland. Um, it's an incredible program. Um, so all those, all those things, help, you know, deliver a, you know, I, I hope a quality, well-rounded candidate to, uh, to Frisco. That's, you know, what I run on. They're nonpartisan elections. Um, so you, you know, you, you do hear folks banging the drum about their conservative values, which is fine. Um, I, I do that as well sometimes, but really I, I try to bring the focus back to, um, you know, uh, good old-fashioned civic leadership and uh, quality governance for the city and 
try to create a bit of a degree of separation from the politics. Well, that, and, and John, that's been something that I have, have admired about you ever since uh, we moved here. It's been almost eight years. In fact, I think eight years ago, we only had five fire stations, you said, and now we got 10? Uh, well, we, 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 need to, we need to plan for number 10. We have nine. Wow. <laughs> I, I helped open three. So. I mean, that just shows you the, the, the growth spurt that this uh, city had. It was 75,000 people when we moved here, and now we're over 200,000. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible, but I'll, I'll just go back to a little bit of an admiration. I don't want to swell your head, but <laughs> please, don't. you know, the one thing that I have admired about you is, is that, that you and, and, and other members of our city council, you don't, you don't pick a, pick a side and say, okay, no matter what happens, uh, I'm, 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 I'm entrenched on this, this viewpoint or that viewpoint. You are a champion of saying, let's put all the options on the table. Let's discuss all the options. And then let's move forward with the option that makes the most sense for the most people. Thank you. Yes. Well, it's, you know, and that, that is the art of that. That is the true blend of, of politics and governance. It's um, getting results, <clears throat> having to build a team, um, knowing when to lead, follow and get out of the way and uh, get all those ideas out. You know, there, there are some there, there are some there are some people who vote differently from me who are very smart and have a lot of good things to offer. Um, I met with one of the representatives of the um, Democrat Party in uh, Denton County, and um, she was uh, almost sort of trembling a little bit. I was like, it's okay. I am, I'm not the big bad wolf that you may have heard about. Yeah. Uh, the door is we open. We ended up having a great conversation for about two hours. There's a whole lot of things we don't agree on. Our priorities are different. Um, how we look at things is different. But it was a great dialogue and it cleared up, you know, for her, it cleared up a lot of misconceptions about me. Um, I'm, I now live in Denton County. I am not planning on running for state rep. Um, for Jared Patterson's seat, you know, everyone talks about when is uh, Senator Jane Nelson might retire, when my Congressman Burgess might retire, and then and then what happens when those dominoes fall and 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 the politics happen and and different people run for different offices and you know Jared Patterson's been a great representative for the city of Frisco and I I don't know what his future plans are but I I I know what mine are and they don't they do not include running for his seat or. Burgess or Nelson or anybody or anybody else's. I'm I'm very happy with the role I play here on council. That um, became crystal clear to Leslie and I to my family after the 2016 race. Um, we do you know have the opportunity to represent 200,000 citizens, whereas a state rep, you're um, you're really you're you're representing about 150 to 170,000, and you're one of of um, you know a, a large state house and a large state senate and a um, different model of governance, a, a different style of politics, and we we thought we're we're going to stay right here in Frisco and serve our friends and neighbors and um, do our best right here. Well, and what I you know have always seen of you, John, over the years, and like I was saying early on in the in the show, is that I've literally known you and your family since the day. The day you, we moved in, you bought our house. We bought your house. <laughs> I was going to say, John, you know every inch of her house, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. There, there's some funny stories about. There's that. some funny stories, but um, you know, oh, I knew. Oh, oh. Right, Make I sure mean, we have time for a couple of yeah. those stories. <laughs> well, yeah, I knew right away. 
that they they were a family with good morals and values and certainly just great personalities and just very energetic. I mean, Leslie Keating is an amazing woman in her own, just with her success at Frito-Lay and whatnot. And that's a, she, 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 she could be another guest on our show another time, but, but what I have always observed is just your genuine passion to to always make yourself available and make yourself approachable. And I think that is important um, because, you know, in order for you to do your job, you do need to know what's going on around you and you need to know what the people are thinking and feeling. And you, you do, you do seem to go after that. And, you know, I think also with your continued education and you, you're always doing this class or that class and you're it's it's you know as our town of frisco has grown at such a fast pace you have kept yourself as a politician very up to speed on just how we're going to play the game the, the rule book and um i think that helps you be successful has helped you be so successful in your role as city councilman and a, just a community member um so I, I, you know, I, I think it just goes without saying that certainly, you know, and, I, you know, anyway, well, you know where my vote went and whatever. I'm not going to sit here and turn this into who should, but, but, but I also have always been very fascinated at just your energy level in attending all that you have to attend. And I don't want to keep going back to the library, but to, to tie that, to bring that full circle, Stuart, you were saying about the cost of it, but the city council embraced it, but they also did it in a, in a way that would, financially kind of um, appease the community members. And you, you brought up a great point because it turned out to be a win-win for city council and the library. Shelly Holly, by the way, we have to give her a shout oh, out. Yeah. She was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she traveled all over the world to, to put this thing together. And then of course, with the support of the city council, it's gonna be huge. And Stuart, I have to giggle a little bit because you said, John, when he went to the groundbreaking the other day, I was at the groundbreaking as well. There was no shovel. No, <laughs> it was a unique groundbreaking <laughs> because we didn't need to break ground. We just went into the already, you know, existing factory warehouse, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Hammer, there, there you go. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's what they did. And the library, as librarians can be, very creative, had constructed this wall, and all the city council stood in front of the wall with their hard hats and their gold hammers. And all on the count of three, counting, they all banged and the wall went, yeah. John's got lots of show and tell here. <laughs> you know, I, I, do have to, I do have to correct one thing that you said earlier, Vaughn. Uh, you talked about how, how open and approachable John is. However, I want the audience to know <laughs> We were after his butt for probably the last six to eight weeks to appear on this show. And every time we said, hey, can you be with us this week? Well, I got a meeting at 11 o'clock and I can't be. Maybe next week. It took us It took us eight weeks to get him on the show. It, it got so to a point. about approachable? Come on. It, it, it's, it, got to, it got to a point where it was just like every time I would text, 
and ask and he had something going on because he, he is that busy. It finally got to a point where the, he said to me, oh, I'm going to be in Dallas or something. And I said, you suck. That's all I said. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, I think you, you, you know what? We're, we're tired of reaching out to you. You just reach out to us when, when you got nothing else going on. And uh, we realize well, we're second-class citizens in your eyes. Aww. Just, you know, give us a call. You know, John, I was on, uh, I was taking Vaughn Lane down to Houston. I'm actually in Houston right now visiting my folks. And I was taking Vaughn Lane. You know Vaughn Lane, right? I think so. The Von bus Lane? liner. It's a luxury bus yeah. liner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dallas, yeah. Austin, San Antonio, whatever. So I had four hours to get a lot of correspondence done. And, and I was texting Stuart. And we were talking about topics and ideas for the show. And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll ask him, whatever. I shot you a text. I almost fell out of my seat when you said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're I mean, to that, to that point, we, we do get a lot of requests for different things. And, and certainly around election time, um, there's a lot of uh, questionnaires to fill out, a lot of forums to do and things like that. And so I have to, I have to, kind of set my schedule one way for a couple of weeks and then shift it. Absolutely. Right. And set it another way for a couple of weeks and then shift it again because like you guys are, you do your show on Wednesdays. Well, my all my Wednesdays I had booked up because people needed me on a Monday or a Thursday or something like that. So the stuff that I have to do, I, I had, had made other appointments there. Um, and so I apologize. Oh, please. We're just giving <laughs> you a hard time. We know you're a busy guy. Just give you a hard time. Yeah. Does your wife have to book uh, personal time with you? She kind of does. We, do, we, <laughs> we, have to, we have to get our, we have to, on a Sunday, we have to sit, we sit down and, and during the day we're making the commitment like, okay, at four o'clock, we're all going to sit down and look at calendars and then, oh, it's five o'clock and we didn't, right. you know, where are you? I'm still at the gym or I'm doing this or that. She's at the store or something and. And we'll sit down and kind of get the phones out and up. Oh, nope, I'm booked here. Yeah, I'm booked yeah I can't there. do that. No, no, no not, no, not then. Yeah, I know. You know, and that's <laughs> something else about John and Leslie Keating is, you know, like it is amazing how we did become such good friends and pretty instantly. Like, for example, we wanted to talk to each other during the closing of that first house that we bought almost 20 years ago. And it was yeah. the realtors who were kind of keeping <laughs> us apart. And I was like, what is the problem? I really like these people. They're the, well, it's not good for the seller and the buyer to be talking. And I'm like, why? I, they seem pretty cool. They didn't realize I was going to get their phone number and never stop calling them, <laughs> 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 which I did. But, but, but you know, they, um, I think that that helps to your credit, John, just that you are very, um, the other evening when I was talking to you about going to the groundbreaking, John opened up his phone, his calendar, and I broke out into hives. Cause you know me, Stuart, I just like to play things by ear. I don't write anything in my calendar. I just like to play things by ear. When he opened up his phone, there was something every day. There were multiple things every day. And yes, I am going to the groundbreaking. I've got that here. But, but John, I have to ask you what right now, if you, if somebody, and this is a very general question, why do you think Frisco has become what it is today? What What is it about this little town of Frisco that when we all moved here with 75,000, what can you, can you explain the growth of, of Frisco, Texas? 
God, well, yes and no. You know, there's a, there's a couple ways to approach that. Um, you know, when I say Frisco has curb appeal, some people kind of cringe with that. And they're like, eh, don't use, don't use that. that. You know, come on, come up with something more creative. But it's, but it's, um, it's kind of, it's kind of true. You know, you have choices. People want to come to Texas. Um, they go down to Austin and they're like, yeah, we don't want that. Um, they go to Dallas and they're like, eh, it's still not right. And so, you know, there's kind of this progression where, you know, you, you've been to Houston, you've been to San Antonio, you've been to Austin, you've been to Dallas, you've been to Fort Worth. You kind of look around and, and you realize you can, you can check every box and make everything work in Frisco. And you, and you do, you come up, there's a curb appeal. You first drive into Frisco and you're like, what is this place? It is so clean and the roads are fantastic and they're well lit and the street signs are illuminated at night. And these are tiny little details. When you, you talk to someone who's been here for a number of years, they don't see that anymore. They've, they've lived here for so long and sort of been accustomed to the environment that we have here and the, the, the incredible quality of life, uh, the incredible neighborhoods, the incredible business opportunities, the fantastic school district, um, all the different stuff you can do. Sports City USA, one of the safest cities in America, one of the best places to buy a house, one of the best places to raise a family, one of the best places to raise an athlete, uh, all these incredible accolades. And that's great on paper, but if you came here and, you know, if we had a lead smelter in the middle of town, you may not be that excited. Well, we, we did. We had, we had Exide, a battery recycling plant. We thought, this has to go. And so, you know, we solved that problem, as I'm fond of saying, uh, in the boardroom and not the courtroom. And we had a business deal and bought them out. And then when the cleanup wasn't progressing the way we wanted, we bought that contract and made TCQ a partner, um, which they were – had had never done that before. So it took a little while to figure it out. They're actually very excited. So they hold the, um, the, the bond money for the, for the cleanup about $25 million um, in escrow for us. And we're, we're developing a cleanup plan for them. Um, so you have a council that isn't afraid to uh, have a big vision, have long range thinking and planning. Um, you know, we, we've made mistakes. Certainly there's different things we can do. The, the batch plants down on, on 121 for concrete and um, roofing material and things like that. It's like, is there a solution to that? Can we, can we help them relocate or do something different? Um, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, putting car dealerships along 121. Probably not a really great idea. That's prime real estate. That's some great commercial space, office space. Uh, you look across 121 at Plano has done, and it's a it's a skyline, and it's yeah. um you know it's it's not bad. I know there's a, a lot of different opinions about density and commercial development and things like that, but you know we're, we're we've set out to be more than just a bedroom community because if that's all you are, then the tax burden is going to land directly on those rooftops. And, um, you know, that's one of the number one concerns is the irony is that your, your, your number one investment uh, has grown and you're, you're paying this, uh, this tax on it every year. So um, to help out the hardworking Frisco taxpayer, we did a 10% homestead exemption. Part of my campaign is to raise that to 20%. And then you keep that competitive tax rate where it is so that those corporations that received incentives to come here and those sports franchises um, those apartment buildings, they all pay their fair share. And then we, we pass that savings on to the, onto the homeowner, onto those families that made that investment here in Frisco. They chose Frisco. Um, Stuart, like you said, years ago, Vaughn, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so congratulations to, to them. You know, we, we have that, I like to describe that um, 
home ownership bell curve where you're young and you're just starting out and you're in an apartment and you can't afford a house. But we have that product here. We have enough. We're trying to, you know, tap the brakes or stomp on the brakes as far as apartments go. And then you you buy that small home, which is what we did. You know, we wanted a house that didn't have a pool because our kids were little and they didn't know how to swim. And we didn't just didn't think that was a good idea. And then later we we did buy that bigger house that had the pool. And now the kids are grown and gone. And, and now we've downsized and we have that smaller single story house now. Uh, we're, we're on our fourth house in Frisco in 20 years. So that progression is real. We've lived it. Um, and, and, you know, eventually maybe one day we'll then be in that uh, high rise executive style um, apartment uh, like the 12 down at the star. Um, it's at 85 percent capacity. The people down there love it. It's a it's a very expensive place to live month to month. But the amenities are incredible. Um, very service oriented. And, and these are folks who are empty nesters now. They've, they've uh, built wealth out in, out in the world. Um, corporate America, they've chosen to stay in Frisco. They love it. Um, it has so many things that they uh, enjoy and can offer. Plus, they, it's a great um, place to travel from. Knowing that your house or your apartment or living space is, is secure and safe and um, off you go. So, uh, you know, we're, we're well served as far as uh, transportation needs. Um, you know, we, we do get uh, traffic. It's funny, people move here uh, and when they're first here, they're like, oh my gosh, your, your traffic actually moves and you can actually get places. And if you know when, you know when the morning rush hour is and the, you know when the evening rush hour is, you can plan your trip. And during the day, there's no cars. You can, you can you know, get, get everything done. You need to get done. And then on Saturday, it's craziness because everybody's out on the road because we have so many wonderful shopping opportunities. So people come from the surrounding cities. So I, I have to tell people, look, we've built our traffic infrastructure to handle the city of Frisco. Um, but there's times during the week that we get what, what I call drive through traffic. And then on the weekend, we, I get what, I, what we call drive to traffic. And so we, we try to manage that. And I don't want to go off on a tangent about traffic and smart lights and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the, the it's that curb appeal. It's when you first get to Frisco and you look at the city and you go, Gosh, it's all these restaurants I've never heard of and all this cool stuff. And look at all the great places to shop and look how awesome the neighborhoods are and how clean everything is. And what a great school district. And everybody here is just so happy and positive and energized. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, John, it, John. Yeah. yeah. I got to get my shirt on there. Team, team Frisco. <laughs> yeah. This also, I think, has to do with people. Um, because I, I, think, I think Frisco uh, is made up of visionaries. Uh, you have people like George Purefoy. You have people like like uh, uh, Mayor Masso and uh, and Mayor Cheney uh, and uh, uh, Henry Hill. We, we've got we've got people that are visionaries that have have seen opportunities for the growth of this city. And I have I have lived in major cities my whole life. And the one thing that I was absolutely amazed, and again seven, eight years ago when we moved to Frisco was there was adequate thoroughfares going north and south and east and west so that if one major artery was a little bit backed up due to an accident, there were other ways to go. Trust me, you can't do that in Chicago. You can't do that in Miami. You can't do that in major cities. But that was the vision of our of our you know, city fathers going back a few decades to say, let's make sure that we build our road structure and everything so that as we develop, 
people will be able to move. And then, then we've got reached out to the corporate community. I mean, the star and, and, and the headquarters for, for the, the Cowboys, the PGA is getting ready to open up the, probably one of the most magnificent facilities that this country will see. Uh, the, 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 you mentioned the sports. What Frisco is becoming, and I am so thrilled about this, and, and a credit to you and the council, is Frisco is going to be a destination. People won't come here just for the weekend. People will actually come here and check in for a week or so and have arts to go to, have sports to go to, have dining to go to, and really engage in this community. And that leads to maybe moving to this community. Well, Stuart, that you, that's a good segue to what I was going to ask, John. Speaking of, of being a visionary years ago, and I think you bring up a good point, just how the city was prepared for the growth, um, thought it, it, there was a lot of forward thinking going on there. John, my question for you then would be, you know, where do you, as a visionary, as a city councilman, where do you see Frisco, let's say, in the next five years, and how do we as a city prepare for what I'm assuming is going to be continued growth. Yes. Yes. Well, um, gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, my, my brain starts working here with all the, all the, in a, nut, in a nutshell. Go ahead, John, take, take, take 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Time's up. No, I don't, I don't need 30 seconds. I <laughs> like three seconds. I just have to kind of whoop compress and. and right. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. It's a big so question. Much. It's a big question. For, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and there's so much exciting stuff. So to Stuart's point, you know, with traffic and things, I always, to, to kind of close on that note, there's always two parts. It's, how do you how do you help people make fewer trips, and then how do you manage the traffic that you do have? So, to that regard, looking at the city as a whole, how do we make sure there's a there's a balance of of commercial, retail, restaurant, things like that around the city, so that people on one side of town aren't having to travel to the other side of town? Um, you know, and one of the things we learned with parks was we try to make each park have something for everyone. And so, what happened was you get this age group for soccer on th at this park and this age for soccer at this park and this age for soccer at another park. So a family with multiple kids are like, well, you know, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss one kid's soccer game because I got to take him over here and mom's going to take this kid to his soccer over there. And so we're not going to be able to, and then at some point we're going to have to like get back together. And so we, you know, we're kind of like, oh, what, what, should we have done something a little bit different with that. Uh, and there's a couple other cases where, where you know, so it, it works. It, it's not perfect. But the good news is, is that we have, you know, sports uh, facilities for kids. And we've got, you know, uh, what we call unprogrammed space, which is just, you know, natural grass parks, the traditional type park type setting. So looking forward, you know, now we have the Fields Estate, uh, which is 2,500 acres that we can, you know, master plan and figure out. And, you know, that's all kind of tied into where the PGA America is. It's, it's, it's sort of um, south of 380, near the tollway, that area there. So that there's actually a number of neighborhoods that you can put in there. There's actually a, a, you know, a number of, of different um, commercial opportunities as far as office space, hotel, entertainment, um, restaurant, retail, things like that. And so now once you have that all laid out, instead of, to Stewart's point, in a city like Chicago that's fully developed, 
Um, you, you have an area where 70% of your city's built out. And so now here in this area, you can work with the school district. You can work with police and fire. You can figure out where are these neighborhoods going to go? Where do we need elementary, middle, and high schools? Where do we need fire stations? Where do we need parks and green space? Where do we have, you know, unprogrammed green open space with trails? And then where do we have our sports fields and stuff like that? So um, for any city to have that opportunity, to be able to master plan that much real estate and people just, I have a hard time with it. What is 2,500 acres? What does that look like? Like, what could you do with that? That's, you could put, you could put like seven Starwoods up there and, and still yeah. have room for high schools and elementary schools and middle schools and fire stations and parks and trails and sporting activities and fun and cool stuff. Um, it is, it'll take, you know, years to develop. It'll be in phases. Um, it, it won't be overwhelming. Um, you know, right now, of course, with COVID, we're facing uh, a real challenge with building materials and um, people who still want to come in. And we have uh, low inventory on houses. We, we, I think we touched on this earlier. So those um, property valuations have gone through the roof. So, you know, adding 10 percent to the homestead exemption should be a slam dunk um, to help help that ease that burden. And then it's going to take it's you know we're maybe two years away from starting to sell lots up there. You know they're they're still trying to just even identify builders that they would want to have come in there. Yeah. And and um, you know so we so we have that we've got the home builder opportunity, the commercial real estate um, opportunity, the you know the office, the retail, the restaurant, the fun stuff. So it's it's going to be a huge opportunity. I mean. In the next five years, you know, we'll, the UNC Frisco campus is going to open up. PGA America is going to open up. Hall Office Park, that, that's going to be re-envisioned, um, reimagined. The, the park that they're building there, um, they're taking the folks that did the park down in Dallas and they're bringing them up here. And it's going to be even more amazing. I, it would just blow your socks off what they're going to do at Craig at Hall Office Park right across from the Star. Performing Arts Center will go there. So the next three, four, five years in this town, I mean, Hang on tight. It's right. going to be, it's yeah. gonna be incredible. Hey, you, ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't, you ain't seen, seen nothing, nothing yet. yet. <laughs> you know, that should be your slogan, John. You ain't seen nothing you yet. You ain't seen right. nothing yet. Yeah. I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm going to have John Keating's name on the – and it's going to say, you ain't John Keating somewhere on the back. You ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, well, I'm excited. But before, before, before we go, there's something that I, that I, I put in my promo. Uh, when I sent out for the show, and I said that John Keating was a pain in the neck, and and Mark, if you if you got that 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 photo, Mark, Mark I want you to put that up there. There it is, because <laughs> that is I want you, I want you to tell everybody what a pain in the neck you were, and all, and what what this what this X ray represents. Yeah, gosh, it was. It represents a big surprise. I can tell you that. Um, I uh, I like to work out. I do. Uh, uh, Pilates about maybe three, three, four times a week. And, I, and I've had a history of lower back pain. I've got some arthritis and some bulging discs and that uh, actually helped me avoid surgery. Um, so I was able, I'm able to continue doing Pilates, which I highly recommend for everybody. It'll build your core and you'll feel fantastic. And, and it'll, it'll solve a lot of problems. It, it, it's just an amazing um, workout routine. Uh, so then I've been able to kind of go back and do um, traditional gym workout as well. And as I was as I was doing that, I was I was getting that shoulder pain, and I thought it was I was bench pressing wrong or doing something wrong or overhead presses or something. So I went to went to Baylor here at the Star, and they looked at my shoulder and they said, 
you know, John, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your shoulder. Um, and so I thought, well, huh, that's weird. And they said, well, so here's our bigger concern. There may be something going on in your neck. And I, and I literally had no other pain, no other problems, no nothing. So they went and took an x-ray on my neck and uh, they literally, you know, I'm, I can't sit still. So I'm pacing around the office, just uh, I'm, I'm on my phone and I'm texting Vaughn and I'm trying to figure out my calendar and all this different stuff. And they come in and they literally said, okay, we need you to sit down. And I, and I thought, nobody wants to hear that. When you're at the doctor's office and you're standing up and the doctor walks in and he's got that look on his face and he puts his hand on your shoulder and says, That's awful. we need you to sit down. I thought, I just about had a heart attack. Right. So, I mean, I could, I just felt everything drain away and I sat down and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be cancer or spinal meningitis or some horrible thing. And he said, um, hey, you've got three bulging discs in your neck. All three are pressing on your spinal cord. You've got bone spurs in there and they're pressing on your spinal cord as well. Quite frankly, we don't know how you're walking around. I mean, I, we don't know how you're in pain. He kind of leaned into me and he goes, you need to tell me if you're on pain medication. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'm not. I don't know what's going on. And he, and he said, you are one minor accident away from being paralyzed for life from the neck down. Like a fender bender in the parking lot, you fall down skiing, you fall off a jet ski, you know, any number of things. And your neck is just, it's, um, it's got no place to go. So um, that was pretty scary. But, uh, but I kind of, it was one of those weird things where you're kind of like, oh, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> just, just get in there with a screwdriver or something and fix that and scrape all yeah. that out. Yeah, so we'll schedule a twenty-minute appointment and take care of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go in and I'll I'll play with my phone while you dig around. So I don't know if you can see; it's kind of gone now. It's there's a little scar right there. So they go in from the front. I, I was out cold. <laughs> I assure you. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, it was not a pleasant thing. But uh, so they go into the front. They 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 clean out those three discs. They build a little cage. They use you know cadaver material to go in there and kind of rebuild. Um, and you saw in the x-ray, there's a, there's a, a, a few saw a front shot. Yeah. So there's a plate there with, um, it shows four screws. It's actually, um, you know, I have another photo that I didn't send you guys, but if you look at it from the front, there's, there's um, a set of two, a row of two screws down each side. So it's a plate with eight screws in it to kind of hold all that together. And if you, you know, if you know how to look at an x-ray and I've become pretty good at it, but if you look in there, the, uh, the, the, bone material in the cage and stuff has grown back in. It's all fine. I just have a, you know, my, my range of motion of my neck is slightly impaired. Um, but other than that, I have no pain um, back in the gym, back doing Pilates, all these other things. Um, my, my throat is still a little weird. Um, I still have some numbness on this side, which they said is, um, you know, normal. They have to cut through a lot of nerve and stuff to, uh, Actually, I think that's one of the best photos I've ever seen of you. <laughs> yeah, you can see I have some. If you look at it, if you know how to look at an X-ray, and I've learned kind of a lot about my own, you know, big giant bucket head. But you can see cavities, and you can see other bone spurs, and you can see how the spine is formed in the skull, and you can see that my little, tiny little acorn brain up in there. Yeah, so wheel turning. You said that, that part of what they did was was they they used cadaver. To, to, yeah. So does that mean you're a dead man walking? Yeah, there, there, is some, there is some dead man walking in there. Oh yeah. my gosh! Well, I, I, I want I want you to I want you to know that you are probably the best pain in the neck that this city has ever had. Yep. Uh, thank you guys. <laughs> I I actually could keep you on the show and ask you so many more questions about the city. I 
I, I, Would you I come love back this again city. From Clearly, time? I love this city. Sure, I've lived yeah. here 20 years. And I'm so excited about the future um, of the city and your involvement in it all and, you know, or your leadership, especially. And uh, so I, I could, we need to get you back on the show in, 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 I don't know, in a year. I don't know. When do you think we'll get him back on, Stuart? A year well, or so? Vaughn, you, you better start going through his book because I think his <laughs> yeah. annual book, you, we may have to look into June or July or August. <laughs> To get right. but, but we Vaughn, we will Vaughn do it. <laughs> and, and, and in the in the meantime, the, the the best of luck to you in the in the campaign and yes. all the city council. And just thank you for being the champion that you are for this city. Oh well, as I like to say, you are worth it. Oh, very good. Well, thank thank you. <laughs> and, well, I'm going to get a shirt that says I am worth it. Right, you, you are. You should. Yeah. <laughs> and you can switch off with the one that says you ain't seen nothing yet. I love it. I love right. it. When one's All in right. the laundry, you can wear that. John Keating, thank John, you very thank very you. much, Vaughn. Always a pleasure. Again, that'll do it for another edition of something to talk about. Go out and make it a great week, and, and all. We'll, we'll see and you vote. next week. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye y'all. Bye.